When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right, joined by John Schuster, Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, we're going to again, we're going to get to all of your comments right here. Arizona Falls 45 to 37. But guys, honestly, I am more than okay with what I saw out there. I know that the defense still stinks, but you saw an offense out there in Arizona that was really able, and we're going to get to a lot of the problems, but you saw an offense that was able to make a lot of plays through the air. Put up some phenomenal numbers and uh, certainly uh, performed very well. It was a very spirited performance, to say the least, from Arizona. And sometimes the spirited ones give you a little bit of hope and then make you frustrated uh, at the same time because you thought about maybe the opportunities were there uh, about things that uh, perhaps could have gone your way one way or another than things you ultimately left out there. And I think that's going to be some of the frustration that Arizona had uh, coming into this game. But uh, the extra time that they had was not wasted. The Cats played a, a good game against a good football team and had opportunities. And really, to a large degree, it went the way pretty much everybody thought it would. Every once in a while, those predictions are right. Uh, sometimes right. you get into those right. situations where, well, you know, Arizona's probably going to have to score a lot of points to have a chance in this game, and they did, and still it ultimately wasn't quite enough. But the spirited effort was there, and I think you certainly take away good things out of that. You like, again, the trajectory of the program. You can see where things need to be fixed, and you're hopeful that Arizona can continue to move in those directions. William? Unfortunately, with the defense as bad as it is, you needed to get everything you could out of the offense. And despite scoring, uh, you know, what they did, they, they left opportunities in the red zone. Um, several times having the, what, twice having the ball inside was a t 10 and coming away with uh, just field goal attempts. And while you can do that with a good defense, Arizona has a bad defense right now. So you right. need to convert on every opportunity you have. 
especially frankly being given the gift you were kind of at the end of the first half where, you know, that was a strange play with the, 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 the you know, the refs kind of moving the ball like they did. And, um, but yeah, it, it's, to me, it was, a, it was a better margin of victory than I thought. I thought they was going to hang with them for a while, but eventually, uh, USC would pull away, which they in reality did, but getting that last touchdown, um, it was, was a nice kind of cap to things. And, you know, if, you had told, I think, most Arizona fans six months ago, you're within an onside kick of uh, having a chance to tie U- USC at home. I think you take it. Uh, that being said, there are horrendous problems on that defense at the ball. Um, and I think, it, unfortunately, it may even go a little beyond uh, just personnel. But that's, you know, now Arizona needs to just tweak the offense. They still need to overhaul the defense. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, we're going to, because there's, again, there's a lot of concerns out there. Um, but again, the one thing, and we've talked about this all season, that you can really tell, and again, you got to give real kudos to Jed Fish, is the way that he's overhauled the passing game in one offseason has been remarkable. I mean, you look at it right there between McMillan, Singer, and Cowing, that's about as good a receiving core as we've ever seen here. Um, and when you put in Delora, who, again, is far from perfect, but this is an offense that, and theoretically, can return almost everybody. This is an offense, Schuster, that could be real problems, especially going forward into next year. It appears they're going to be a real problem, too, when you can shore up the inexperience that Delora brings to the equation. Uh, and sometimes that frustration where tonight when he scrambled and kept plays alive, it worked well for Arizona. We've seen games earlier this year where, you know, it's kind of worked against him to some degree. So that's probably something, figuring out when to run, when not to run, trying to, you know, get a little bit uh, better in tuned with what the receivers want to do from game to game to game is something that is part of the growth process. It sounds silly in the moment because Delora was excellent tonight and his receiver core was off the charts. Singer was ridiculous tonight. Yes. Uh, to a point where that's good. There, there's going to be a lot of national highlights with some of his performances. He's going to get a lot of play. And that's uh, good news for Arizona as it wants to try to continue to recruit on that side of the ball to get better and more electrifying. But yeah, you feel rightfully good about the offense and hopeful that in the offseason that Arizona can make the changes necessary to take the steps that they need to take to be more competitive on the defensive side of the ball. That said, and yes, Brad's right, you're right, the commenters are right, Arizona has a bottom-tier defense in this conference. We understand that. We know what it is that they need to uh, try to work on to, to get to a point where the strides will be made much more notably next year as opposed to whatever remains in this season. Uh, but even then, USC is a team that can score a heck of a lot of points uh, right. and has done it to uh, a, a lot of uh, other you know, competitors this year. So you knew going into the game that you tried to put up a spirited uh, performance, and that's what uh, Arizona wanted to do, and they did, and uh, gave themselves at least some sort of a puncher's chance until the end. All right, oh, Brad, and what, did the, what does Arizona do about the – the red zone offense here, especially at the goal line, because this is now a real problem here. This is a game in game out issue. Arizona gets the ball at the four yard line and inevitably tries to do two running plays. They're generally slow developing running plays and the, a guy ends up getting uh, slammed into the backfield and you end up taking a field goal from 10 yards. It doesn't look like they have any idea whatsoever what to do when they get down in the goal line area. You know, and again, 
if you're playing that Alex Ricky game, I'm going to mention the Chiefs to so take a drink. If you look at when the Chiefs are good in the goal, there's a lot of motion. Arizona doesn't move a lot. Um, you know, bring Singer or Cowing in motion. Fake uh, the jet sweep. Run the jet sweep. Run that little flip play. Um, go multiple tight ends and, and bring McLaughlin across the middle. Uh, bootleg Delore and get him out in space. Uh, right now, you know, there's a criticism of the offense. The offensive line is still great. Um, that's why Delore has to run around crazy. I still, don't, I, don't, I still don't know how good Delore can be if he has a clean pocket. Um, right. He might be a much better quarterback, or he might be a worse quarterback. He might be one of the guys who needs to play street ball a little bit. But um, if you can't just line up and punish people, uh, then you need to have a little more creativity. And, and, and it's a kind of a cliche, but have less room to work with. So a lot of what Arizona does offensively is based on getting guys in the space. When you have the 12-yard field, there's no space. So motion guys, get guys moving, create um, matches. You know, frankly, I hate the the Wildcat, but bring Joyner out there just to get that thinking of, that you might run it and then use him as a decoy. But that's to me, you know, Jed Fish is very much an NFL offensive coordinator, uh, a good one, at least what he's doing here. But there's not a lot of innovation. Um, so yeah, I think he needs to study Andy Reid. I think he needs to study Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh. Uh, these more creative offensive types still within the framework of a offense. But to me, you know, just trying to line up and out model USC is not going to work, unfortunately. Um, and, and we, especially with these slow, de- yeah, like she said, slow developing plays. So I think you need a little more creativity. I think you need a little more motion. You. And even if you just run a standard play, but do it in a formation where you've got a guy in motion, you've got a guy, you know, you, you take one of the running backs and sprint them out into the uh, flank, and then you bring the running back behind or the wide receiver behind him, something to put the defense on their heels. Because basically USC will just line up, uh, and their 11 is better than Arizona's 11, no matter how good um, Arizona's 11 is. Right. Brad, can you Brad, can you try maybe hopping out and then hopping right back in? Because you're definitely you're you're buffering quite a bit. Uh yeah, I can try. Yeah. Awesome, Brad. Sounds good. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll, if that works. We'll, yeah. We'll do our best to cover for you and then uh we'll feel the results of your aura rise. Right. And the but, rise of this podcast continue. One of the things that I would approach in in that conversation, I Mike, I tend to land more in, you know, the I tend to be I tend to like basketball when it comes to uh, figuring out how to try to score on uh, in, in inside about the 10 yard line. And what I mean by that is that I like opportunities that are presented with bigger guys in the receiving game who can post up or even right. receivers who can post up that at least gives you, I think very often some sort of opportunity to maybe make things work. So it's sort of like you try to use your body to get space and see if the space is something that can open things up a little bit, have somebody that you can go to on a consistent basis. And it may just be something that Arizona is aware of and has to address uh, in the off season. But when you're a growing team that is finesse and athleticism related as Arizona is in the early stages, uh, issues like what you do inside the 10-yard line are going to be problems and have been uh, for the Cats throughout uh, this year. Again, tonight they put up, uh, you know, in the high 30s, uh, which is a, 
performance that gives you an opportunity to, to be successful. But again, as folks have uh, commented, uh, there were there were certainly opportunities out there that can be frustrating. If you don't mind briefly, do you mind if I tangentiate a little bit before you get to the comments? Uh, yeah, of course. What's up? There was something that uh, Brad mentioned about uh, Arizona getting the benefit of the call at the end of the first half, and he is correct. Yes. That was a terrible situation that, ben that that did not benefit USC. SC would have had an opportunity, legitimate one, to make one more play. What they decided in that situation with modern coaches, who the hell knows? But at the very least, they could have gotten, a, could have attempted a chip shot field goal. It puts more points on the board. That said, generally speaking, I think referees are better than we give them credit. It is a tough job, and more often than not, they're right. But that personal foul inside the 20 yeah. that gave Arizona, that, that gave USC the chance to extend that to a two-score game was among the most astonishingly horrible calls I have seen this year. That was dreadful. And it, it was so bad, even the announcers got the part wrong because I think the first part of it, they couldn't believe that that was what they called, but that's what the ref called, the little jump and nudge at the beginning. And then they thought they called the jawing a little bit after, and that was the 15-yarder. Both of those were grotesque calls, and they hurt Arizona directly. That was a four-point swing. At that point in time, SC's probably going to go for a field goal. It's a five-point game. Right. That's a one-score game that gives you an opportunity and gives you momentum because your defense actually did something right. and, and, and gave you a chance to be in the game, and it was taken away from them by a truly crappy, hideous call. In and, and a game this year where the storyline has been more in the NFL than in college, that referees in an effort to try to figure out what the hell is going on as far as safety is concerned, don't understand physics and can't figure it out. And, and the calls that they have made consistently in regards to this have been anathema to the entertainment and just common sense aspect of the game. And that's something that in the off season has to change tonight. That was atrocious and absolutely inexcusable at any level. And should not be allowed. Yeah, and see, that's the thing too, Brad, is that you you watch that game, and again, bad officiating happens. But man, you've got to when you call that personal foul right there, you've got to be like she said, you've got to be really sure about what you're calling right there. It's got to be something really egregious because, again, it, it didn't end the game for Arizona, but that was a game changing decision right there by the referee, and that's one that you just can't have happen. Now, are we sure they did call it on the jump and not the the getting in yeah, the face? Yeah, look at the replay. Uh, Brad, when, when you get an opportunity, look at the replay. I did, and I saw the him flag, throw the flag. The flag is out of his hands before he talks. Oh, because there's one angle I saw that looked like the flag was being thrown as he was jawing, um, which is unfortunately as stupid as that is, that's getting called down. And we've seen, again, in the NFL two or three times late in games, guys jawing, yet you know, guys headbutting are not a penalty. Um, but yeah, either way, that's you. You can't that's call an that situation. penalty, and yeah, it's not. It, it, honestly, it's that, not even no, about silly. calling it in the position and call. That is an inexcusable penalty at any point in the game. It's just a bad. It's just a bad call, and it's a bad call that hurt Arizona at a bad time. Right, and see, that's the thing too that you can't really have happen. And once again, we'll talk about it too because it's not like it was an agenda. Because 
what was happening at the end of that first half there? That was another situation too, where the ball, the clock started running. The ref started having the clock run before the ball was even put down on the ground. Now, granted, it benefited Arizona, but th- some of this stuff looked like JV type stuff out here. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, I watched football for a long time, and you know, all it takes is one or two boss calls at the wrong time. Uh, and you, and that's all you remember. Um, you know, the, you know, we can go back to the, the Christmas play, the, the play against Brady and the NFL. Um, you know, if you want to go back to a, a U of A look, the Terry Vaughn call, uh, at Cal, uh, back when Mike was like eight years old or seven right. years old or, um, so yeah, unfortunately when they happen at the end of a half in the red zone in the fourth quarter, um, they're even more egregious than typical bad call. And, you know, I know people say you shouldn't call things differently late in games, but yeah, you should call things differently late in games. Yep. Brad, Brad, you're, Brad, you're, Brad, you're freezing, you're freezing a ton again, my man. Um, sometimes, uh, tell you what, um, let's, uh, if gonna, you can- lock up. my internet's been sketchy all day. I think there's just too much usage in my neighborhood. I'll bail out and, and watch and you guys have a good show. Yeah, my man, Andrew, you're welcome. We're going to be doing, I'll be doing a show Tuesday after the U of A basketball game as well. So feel free to hop on. I'll be talking to you before then, obviously. Will do. Uh, thanks, man. All right, Shu. So we look at, uh, you look at this squad right now, and obviously the defense is a major, major problem here. And quite frankly, it's, they actually played better today than they have in some recent games in that. You know, it wasn't like you. It wasn't like USC was just moving the ball up and down the field. I mean, they were, but it wasn't like it felt like in certain games this could be a seventy-point game right here, and that really wasn't the case. So they got a few stops, but man, I don't even know where to start with the defense. I don't even I mean, know. Yeah, you, 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 you had to make a choice in the. You know, however you're trying to rebuild this team, and 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 a lot of the commenters. Uh, are, are spot on in regards to recognizing that this isn't something that has a magic fix this year. Arizona, obviously, the simple version is you need more talent, and you especially need more talent on the front line, which is what everybody wants, which makes you more physical and gives you an opportunity. So Arizona's picking one of two things in year two, and they picked offense. They were able to get good offensive players as opposed to better defensive players. So they went that way. And uh, – it's worked out in many ways that you would have expected it to. Now, in terms of what you try to do with limited talent, you don't really have a lot of options. But, you know, what's your what's your game plan here, Mike? Uh, do you – because, Basin, in regards to the rest of this year, yeah. uh, you know, it's not next year. We understand the, the baseline is next year recruit better players. Okay, we get it. That's that's what Arizona that that's a major focus that Arizona is going to have to pay attention to and work on as far as recruiting and the transfer portal is next season. Got it. Okay, understood. We talk about that. We talk about how well that works in next year's conversation. If it works as well as Arizona's jump offensively this year, then Arizona made good strides in year three and is a much more complete football team. But with the talent you have here, what are your options? Consider what they did last year. They were a much more blitzing team last year. Is that a good thing? Uh, Maybe you give up some big plays. You still can't stop people from running necessarily, but maybe you hit a blitz here and there and, uh, you know, put put the other team behind the chains. Is that an option? 
perhaps. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, you run into from a frustration standpoint here is that, uh, and we talked about this in what, week two or week three, when right. we were all excited about how Arizona was forcing turnovers all over the place. Yeah, has there been a turnover yeah. since then? Yeah, pretty much. What what of the two what what did the two of us say? That's right. a gimmick. I mean, it's right. a good gimmick, but it's right. a gimmick. Right. Uh, and, and if you're relying on that, eventually that's going to work against you. And it's and teams have been much better at holding on to the ball against Arizona over the course of the last month or so. Shouldn't right. be a surprise. Uh, but it's a difficult quandary that the Wildcats have. And I'm not sure there's a good answer. Some folks have suggested I've even, you know, thrown it out there in some of our uh, postgame shows in the past. Uh you know, if you feel like somebody didn't play particularly hard, do you go to a bench player knowing that you're going to give up big yardage anyway just to try to make an overall point? Maybe. Uh, but tonight, the issue was that Arizona was just overmanned. It's not that they weren't trying. They put in good effort. They probably did about as well as they could given difficult circumstances. And in the end, you know, it wasn't enough. You know, they gave up 650 yards. That's bad. But right. again, Mike, we knew going in that that was going to be a problem. For sure. All right. One thing that's not a problem is the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. Here's the deal. New customers can bet any uh, bet any game $5 and get to $200 if your team wins. NBA, though, that's where it works. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Four Peaks Brewery. Four Peaks is where it's at. The official brew of PHNX Sports. Um, you can uh, basically, they've got all kinds of good deals going on at the Tempe location. And just as importantly, if you come to the Tap and Bottle Watch Party remotes, they have Four Peaks there as well. It's great stuff. Check it out. Enjoy responsibly. Look at the uh, show notes in the description, but for uh, good stuff right there. All right, now let's get back to uh, let's get back to the Arizona. Let's let's talk a little bit of the Arizona offense. A lot of people are asking, and I don't know if you could notice this on the TV, but it certainly looked when DJ Williams is in it running back. I don't know, it he's got a little bit more of just kind of an oomph to him right there that the other two don't necessarily have. Wiley's solid, Coleman's solid, but Williams is a different looking back, and uh, Sarah Beth Grier pointed that out and quite a few other people have as well. Was that noticeable on the TV? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it was good to see one of the things that uh, as a Wildcat fan, you get frustrated about is yards after catch or yards after contact. Right. Uh, Arizona's defense has a tendency as we're aware to give up yards after contact. It's nice on the other end to see a physical Arizona player in a skill position who can create that sort of consternation for other defenses. So right. yeah, that, that was, that was very helpful and uh, played a major role in keeping a lot of drives alive. So, you know, Arizona is going to continue to try to figure out answers on the offensive end to get better and get more consistent. Uh, and, you, you, you know, I think tonight's game, general, obviously, if you look at the numbers, tonight's game was very good. Uh, you're not going to be terribly disappointed about Arizona's offensive performance tonight, other than, as you and Brad noted, uh, you know, what's happening in the red zone. So there's always room for improvement, but it's pretty clear that that's, well, it's so ridiculous. It's almost not worth saying that it's obviously Arizona's better side of the ball. And uh, yeah, hey, sure. hopefully that continues and you get a little bit more consistency and work to improve some things and uh, heading into the games ahead, whether it's this year or in uh, years ahead, Arizona becomes uh, 
the troublesome offense that it appears they have the personnel to be. Yeah, with um, and getting back to the red zone a little bit, because this is something that's going to continue to bother them. And I think that's a situation where you've got to have DJ Williams in there. Or you've got to you've got to come up with a better idea. You've got to come up with a better game plan because it feels like every time they get down there, it's slow developing. And again, I haven't seen anything where Arizona's basically just run the ball at the one yard line like you should be able to do and get they generally end up going backwards, and that's a problem because you got to score, especially against SC. you got to get touchdowns when you're down there. You can't be getting field goals, Shu. Okay, one of the approaches that takes place, Mike, and uh, you can address this when you're inside the red zone and physicality is not your strong point, what are you supposed to do? I mean, do you do you just do you line up in the shotgun and hope to hand off, knowing that in that sort of situation that, uh, you know, hoping that your offensive line is good enough to get a push? Or do you try to be a little bit more creative down there? If Arizona just runs Williams with the offensive line that they currently have, how successful is that ultimately going to be? You know, one of the things that, you know, you get into in that sort of situation, I saw this in uh, the earlier game, and I'm really not sure how long this rule is going to maintain in effect. But one of the things that Penn State does against Ohio State and other teams, Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills do this as well, is that they have multiple guys in the backfield in and and in plays where there's a little bit of a skirmish going on offensive linemen are now taught to push from behind the quarterbacks taught to push from behind running backs are taught to push from behind so maybe that's an approach that arizona could look at but i'm not sure they're physical enough even with williams in those situations to be as effective as you'd ultimately like but it's something to consider at this point All right, we're going to get to the moment of the game right here. Check this thing out. The moment of the game, the back the A moment of the game right here. That is cool imagery right there. The back the A moment of the game to me was, well, um, this wasn't really a backing of the A moment. This was a backing of the USC. But again, it was that penalty. It was that personal foul that was called because, again, that changed everything. I can't – and, you know, we talked about it earlier, but – that to me, really, there, if there's two lines in this game, two lines of demarcation, it's basically pre that and post that. Because if that's not called, it's a field goal, like you said. Arizona's down five, as, as opposed to being down. Uh, um, yeah, I, I uh, think it was. I think it was nine. Right. Uh, not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arizona. And, then, if they and score that's a, a touch- two-score situation, and that's a problem. And you're right. If they score a touchdown with the way that it should have been, then you right. have the lead late, and, and the you're crowd behind you. Then you're going right down the field right there, and you're, uh, you know, Ben, wow, interesting. You're going right down the field right there, and you're about to, uh, and you could score, and all of a sudden it becomes a big problem for SC because you're nervous about, all right, well, we're behind against Arizona at home. This wasn't supposed to happen there. And lo and behold, it happened. It's just a it's just a call you can't make right there. You've got to be able to sure, I'm sure there was some jawing and whatnot, but you can't make that call right there. You just have to recognize the situation. It's better in a situation like that. You can be a referee and say, whoa, 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 that's enough. Split the two apart and move on. You can right. you can utilize that sort of approach, recognizing just the general intensity of a game to try to limit. Uh, ridiculous situations like that. It was a gruesome call. That said, may I, uh, if you're looking for positive back the A moments, Hmm. Singer catches were certainly in that category. Which one? Yes, exactly. (laughs) There were were some utterly astonishing wide receiver highlights uh, in this game for Arizona. And that's the type of thing that 
Arizona might get a lot of publicity for a couple extra reasons tonight. Uh, one it, is something that happened on the field, the way that receivers made phenomenal catches and the way Delora kept plays alive. They made that right. a very exciting game, and it might be the type of thing that they can use from a momentum standpoint and even a recruiting standpoint to where Fish and the coaching staffs can say, look, this is what we got. We got some good players here. They make exciting plays. The crowd gets behind you, yada, 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 whatever you need to say from a recruiting standpoint. You can show them, look at what this singer dude's doing. Look at what Dolores doing over here. Look at what these guys, you know, you've got a lot of Look at McMillan. Look at some of those catches. Yes. The second thing off the field, the Pac-12 networks have a tendency to not do a lot of things as well as we would like. But their miking of Gronkowski tonight on the sidelines, and you may not have seen this if you were attending the game. Gronkowski was a basically ba- basically a proxy sideline reporter tonight. He was outstanding, and that is a that's the type of thing that is a huge potential bonus for Arizona because Gronkowski is one of those I'm just living the best life guys, right? And is always in character, is always having fun is all in on Arizona and had an absolute blast tonight, and it came through in the broadcast. So that sort of thing with someone with that kind of recognition value is something that I think uh, can help a team that is starving to try to find some marquee names in what we have called for decades, understandably, a basketball town and with a basketball school. So little stuff like that, I think, can help fish quite a bit. And the Pac-12's decision, uh, the network's decision to Mike Gronk and Gronkowski's performance in that regard, I think was very helpful and very entertaining. All right, two things. We've got to tell you about Mountain Mike's Pizza on Oracle and Wetmore. Mountain Mike's Pizza is some of the best pizza you're going to find in Tucson. Again, what I would recommend is you go to the tap and bottle watch party next week as Arizona plays Utah and get some mountain Mike's pizza on the way there. Mountain Mike's pizza. Again, some of the best pizza you're going to find Oracle and Wetmore. It's going to be taken off. Check it out. And Tap and Bottle. That's where we're doing all the away game watch parties. Great stuff. Four Peaks Brew on tap. Get some mountain mics on the way there. A lot of U of A fans are showing up there. Come yell at the screen, watch U of A, and have fun with us because it's a good time. Um, all right. Now, looking at uh, looking at this team now going forward, though, the one thing that you talked about, and I think that we need to keep uh, keep an eye on here, is that this is the first time that I can really remember that Arizona at one at a certain position has overwhelming talent. And at the receiver position, they have, I I think it's fair to say they have overwhelming talent at the receiver position, because when you, you watched Arizona out there tonight, you're going against SC. And again, it's not like this is a Pete Carroll SC team, but Arizona's three receivers were able to do essentially what they wanted out there. If Arizona is going to get another game or two, a win this year, it's going to be on the back of those guys. And they almost got it done this game. Yeah. This was one of those, that, and I'm clearly Arizona's receiving core is good, and their quarterback I think is getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are th- th- those are absolutely good signs. This is the type of game where if it had happened three or four weeks ago, there were opportunities there where Arizona might have scored a lot less points than they should have. Remember in the right. first half, wasn't this a 17-13 game? Right. It was relatively low scoring, all things considered. Well, I was texting people. I like the under. Right. Uh, and then it turned out, oh boy, the DraftKings folks were really nervous for folks who put over under on this game with two minutes left. Cause I think the over under was 74 and that's the point point 
placement where they were up until Arizona scored the late touchdown to push it over. Uh, so there were probably there's probably a little bit of discomfort uh, uh, for those who had a little uh, a little bit in the game. But uh, yeah, Arizona's receiving core is good. Their offense, I think, is even maybe getting a little bit more consistent. Those are good things. The concern that I have for Arizona into the remainder of the season here is that this was such a heartbreaker. One of those games where they really focused on it, laid a lot on the line. It's homecoming weekend. There's a lot of excitement. Tucson's nuts right now, by the way. There's a lot yeah. going on in town. I was going to say. Especially around the university in downtown. Uh, yeah. So, so bouncing, being able to bounce back from that, I think is going to show a lot about their overall character and direction. And oddly enough, even though, and, and I don't know rising situation, the quarterback at uh, mm-hmm. Utah he did not play against Washington State. I don't right. know if he's going to be available next weekend. If he isn't, that maybe makes things a little bit more interesting than perhaps they should up there. Right. Utah obviously creates a lot of matchup problems for Arizona, but on the other hand, that's a team that's going to cause some problems. Scored 20, which is, yeah, it's a team that scored twenty-one different. points against Washington State this weekend. So maybe there are some offensive inconsistency issues up there, and perhaps the Cats, if they can keep if they can rebound from this performance, because th- this one's going to sting, if they can bounce back from this and and and, and still play spirited football, I think you know there's still there are still some opportunities on the table here. Right. So now the defense, though, and again going back to this just real quick, um, I and we talked about this before. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to say, well, you know, all these freshmen could be you know superstars, and again. It, Using the uh, Desert Swarm, just playing all the freshman comparison can be a little lazy, but you know what? Who cares? I'm going to be a little lazy. I have no clue if any of these guys are that. Probably they aren't because you're talking about guys who are all-timers, Waldrops, Brewskis, Brandon Sanders, etc. But my whole point is that if it's even close, I'm throwing all these kids out here because I expect I expect Arizona to give up 45 points pretty much every single game going forward. I haven't seen anything out there from the you know the senior laden defensive line that indicates that you know all of a sudden they're going to become you know difference makers. So I I would throw these kids out there as long as I wasn't physically worried about them. Shoot, I'm I'm putting them out there and I'm just seeing what they can do. There's also a lot of thing. It's such a different animal than it was 30 years ago. You've You've had uh, your our our mutual uh, expert pal Anthony Jamino pop on a lot, you know every now and again, and you'll ask him questions about Desert Swarm and and the early '90s. And one of the areas, one of the what if areas about that era, is that Dick Tomey in 1991 played a lot of freshmen, right. and you know as a result lost uh, potential eligibility heading into I believe it was 1995. Right. They were excellent uh, for most of the season in 92. Uh, they were outstanding in 93, and they were outstanding in 94, game in and game out from a defensive standpoint. But then all of those players lost eligibility. They couldn't redshirt, and then they weren't. there wasn't an, available, uh, an availability in 95 in Arizona defensively and overall dropped off. Uh, and there have been a lot of what-ifs about, well, maybe Tommy should have saved those red shirts in 91, and if he had, then maybe Arizona would have had another year defensively, and who knows what would have happened. Maybe Arizona strings a third year together and things are, you know, who knows. Uh, now it's so different uh, with the transfer portal and this and that and people jumping in and leaving and going all over the place. It's The dynamic is so different that I'm not sure how many players even stay for four years anymore. Right, right. You know, so, see, so, so if you're – I don't worry – 
Yeah. Like you're saying, if you just want to throw bodies out there, maybe it's not the worst idea, at least if they're giving effort and you're saying, all right, we're moving toward the future here. I don't know. All right. So a couple of people, uh, Jacob Manu, like you said, um, uh, Anthony Manu's a stud. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to be, he's for being a freshman, he's all over the place. You can tell that he's got a bright future to him. I did. I liked what I saw with price Hawk as well. Uh, Jason Harris is, I would love to be wrong on him. He's Jalen Harris's brother. I just don't know. I just don't know how good he is, to be honest with you. Um, he's really, he's about six foot eight. Um, but, you know, he's always a guy that I thought was probably a little bit better playing hoop. Um, I think he'd be out there if he was capable of doing it, but uh, we'll see. Um, but like I said, anybody out there that's young, I'm throwing them in there and I'm going to see what they can do. But what before, uh, one thing that I think we can say though, is that Jed Fish has shown that he does know offense if he's got good players. I mean, I last year we were talking about it and saying, you know, I have no clue if Jed Fish can coach. I still don't know what kind of head coach he is, to be honest with you. But I think he's shown this year that if you give him good players on offense, he's going to be able to put points on the board, Shoe. And one of the things that I think he does pretty well is time management. I think he understands. I agree. I agree. That's a great how, point. How to utilize, how to use, how and where to utilize timeouts and what situation those things work under the equation. And in the era of where football is an analytics looney tune right now, yeah, where it's, it, it's like, well, the numbers say that you should go for two all the time or whatever it is. He seems to have a good balance of what makes sense. And you, you, he isn't he isn't old school conservative, but right. he isn't off the rails analytics guy either. Right. Uh, so so I think that's a good balance. And a, a, a lot of that balance requires understanding how the moment feels and what you think you can do in any given situation and where you think things are ultimately going to go. And more often than not, I think in those situations, Fish has done a pretty good job. So I feel good about those aspects of it. And generally speaking, despite as frustrating as this was because Arizona had opportunities to pull off a huge upset, uh, yeah, the trajectory is good. And that's that's what you hope for from a program that had so much building to do and frankly has a hell of a mountain still to climb right. but it looks like they're you know it looks like a lot of the pieces are in place and they're definitely moving in the right direction eric zimmerman uh, gronk sideline analyst uh, analysis was really strong he has a great future if he wants it in the broadcast booth i was curious as to your take on that obviously i was at the game so i didn't see anything you know, to gronk. I, I, he, yeah uh gronk gronkowski comes across beautifully uh, on the broadcast. Again, very lighthearted, very easygoing, largely self-deprecating. He was very much, as a sideline reporter, in addition to recognizing little strategic things or things in the moment, he was also very good at just being an Arizona fan and having fun. And that was that personality was the best part that came across. I'm not sure if you watched Gronkowski and necessarily said, boy, did he really break down that uh, nickel defense on third and four. It's not the uh, Tony Romo but, type situation. But he did a really good job of being a guy who likes to have fun and really likes football. And if you like football and he likes football, then it was very, uh, Gr Gronkowski was very enjoyable to have on the sideline. And it was, it was an extraordinarily smart move by the Pac-12 network uh, to be able to get him, to, to mic him up. And, and, and it made watching the game a little bit more additionally entertaining, which is often what we're looking for.
All right. Now, when you look at uh, just just going forward, then so again, we talked about. I think that this team is uh, they're they're definitely better. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I wanted to go by the numbers though, right here. Pass yards, Arizona, and again, big thanks to Sean DePause right there for setting that up. Uh, you know, you look at it across you know across the board right there, 380 yards to 411 rushing yards. I mean, Arizona just from a yards uh, penalty uh, third down. I mean. Yeah, the you know, penalties are too many. Uh, yes, the third sure. down, uh, Okay, the numbers that jump out at you on, uh, up there. Yeah, thank you, you very much. Um, on a positive note, 163, that's a good rushing number. So Arizona had balance as far as offense is concerned. That's good. That's going to get you a lot of points on the board. Uh, the two numbers for Arizona that are a problem, the penalty number at eight for 76, Arizona is not good enough to make that many mistakes. Uh, and even if we think that it should be seven for about 71 yards because it's half the distance to the goal, that's still too much for Arizona. They can't make those kinds of mistakes and, and expect to realistically have legitimate opportunities to win. But the big number there beyond that is uh, what Arizona gave up on third down. 11 for 17, if that's the case, you can't get off the field and you're going to put both sides of the ball in a lot of in, in, in a lot of trouble. That's a number where you know, that is the number. It's not the 621 total yards, although that's obviously glaring. Right. The frustrating number if you're a fan of defense for Arizona is that the Cats couldn't get off the field and yielded 11 for 17 on third down. And that allowed USC to keep a lot of drives alive. Right. So, all right. But yeah, again, with Arizona, though, we also got basketball coming up here. Um, again, always want to be careful with that. But we got basketball. Uh, first game is Tuesday. Um, uh, this is uh, obviously we'll be talking a lot about that. We're going to be having a bunch of post game shows with that. But just kind of in, you know, in in totality, shoe, I'm OK with this game. If you were to tell me this game was going to play out like this, I would have been more than OK with it. Arizona, the problems that they have, we know are still problems. The positives that they had, I thought they accentuated in this game. And I think going forward, there's, a you know, again, half of the I got to be careful here. Half of the foot game, I believe Jed Fish is fixed. Again, there's some th certain things on offense you got to figure out. Defensively, that's obviously still a mess. But if you went into the season saying that 50% of your uh, problems could be fixed and then you try to fix the other 50% the other offseason, I'm totally cool with that. Well, considering that uh, Jed Fish took over a program where you needed to fix 99%, uh, the only thing you really didn't need to fix was uh, the yardage at Arizona Stadium and, and, and probably the guy who makes the lines. Uh, Arizona Stadium looked pretty good when Jed Fish got here. He didn't have to bother with that. Everything else related to Arizona football, he had to overhaul. Uh, so right. making the progress that he's done as quickly as he has, I think is um, uh, a, a very good sign because this program was a disaster. Yeah. And he's utilized the transfer portal very nicely. He's uh, been able to get some talent. He's he's done a good job on the recruiting front. Obviously, you need to improve defense in that regard. Uh, this is one of those games, I think, depending on your uh, – you hate to lose. So, you know, obviously that's frustrating. But you're right. Arizona played pretty damn well tonight and at least pretty spirited tonight. And you feel at least good about moving forward about where these things can progress and hopefully Arizona gets better. For instance, I thought there were times, uh, I think there was a time a, a, a couple weeks ago where I thought Arizona had regressed a little bit right. uh, after the non-conference games, especially from a penalty and exactly. standpoint that, 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 that was really problematic. They looked better at the beginning of the year than they did about 
you know, two or three weeks ago. And that's not what you want. You want improvement. Arizona improved by virtue of its performance tonight. Hopefully they can build upon that. Looking at the other team, this is also a championship win for USC. And mm-hmm. it sounds weird, but they've they've gone through a fairly difficult yeah. you know there have been yeah. some elements that they've played this is the game this is the you look at their schedule there's a lot of look ahead on their schedule and they've got a lot of games i think the rest of their games are in la la one way or another so this was a this was a potential trap game arizona had extra time to get into it and sc still managed uh and sc was without what their top two receivers yeah for sure so they still figured out you know they're loaded with talent and it's a great problem to have but SC, to their credit, was good enough to get a W in a game where Arizona punched them a lot and made it probably a lot more interesting than they had hoped it would. Our guy Kobe Thiel says, Shoe is a legend. Love him. He says his honest opinion doesn't sugarcoat anything or just says what the popular take is to fit in. John Schuster, you are a legend. KB Thiel, you're a legend for noticing that. A legend there as well. Um, want to thank everybody for hopping in here tonight. This is a, we love the interaction again. You guys are smarter than us. So that's what we really enjoy hearing everything. Um, we will, I'll be back with you uh, Tuesday. We're going to have a post-game basketball show. Um, basketball is here. Football is here obviously as well. We're going to be here with you throughout, but again, oh, and by the way, David Matola, I really like this. I like your positivity, Mike, just like Kevin Sumlin, you are a glass half full kind of guy. It took me a second to get that. Yeah. And then I was like, duh, well, that's, that's that I, I don't think there were a lot of half full glasses. I, I was going to say, there's a lot of half empty glasses there that are about to be empty. But everybody out there, again, really thank you. Uh, again, basketball's here. We'll be talking with you soon. But again, for John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Again, thank you all right there. To quote Scott Schlittenhart, back in the A doesn't sleep. We're up 24-7 around in these parts right here. But for John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Sean DePaz back there. You have been listening to... The AZ Wildcats podcast. We will be back with you tomorrow if I can find actually where my end screen is. There it is right there. All right, everybody, have a great safe. You're going out. Be safe out there. And if you need an Uber, I can probably shoot you a a direction (laughs) or somebody that might be able to pick you up. (laughs) For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. 